pass to Johnson. Johnson still going. Oh, good. Welcome back. Surly Talk Sports, the second to last episode before I jump on a plane and head over to France for the old Rugby World Cup. But never fear, still be running the cutter from over there, taking all the podcast equipment. So I'll still be punishing your eardrums a couple of times a week. The old timing of the release of the pods, she might be slightly different to what you're used to, might not be exactly on the money due to the differing in time zones, but I'll still be pumping out the content. So never fear, STS fans. Can't wait to get over there though actually bought a vpn address the other day very dribbly stuff so i can still get on the punt at the tab i can still watch all the sport on sky sports i can't wait not gonna miss a moment of the action despite being on my travels heading over to france then jumping across to london of course going to that all blacks france game first up in paris then going to london for a bit of a steam then to greece that's gonna be all go then back to france to wrap her up coming back the week of the NRL Grand Finals. If the Waz are in the big dance and I'm expecting them to be, then I'm going over to Sydney. Got my Grand Final ticket, so hopefully we'll be in attendance and what would be an extremely historical day for the Warriors, backing them all the way and can't wait to make that flight. Been running the cutter on George FM throughout the week. Of course, Tammy, he's already over in Europe, so been filling in for him. Bloody good fun. i got to say the 4am starts, they are a bit of a Daryl Tuffy, but you do get used to it. Today, heading along to the Jockey Show on behalf of George as well. Going to watch a couple of All Blacks lads get down into their gruds and show off their rigs. Actually having a yarn to Sevo Reese as well, so stay tuned for that one. In terms of your weekend chat, she was all go last weekend. Started on the Friday, game day for the Waz, but managed to sneak in a cheeky round of golf before that. Actually with the owner of the Warriors, the great man. Robbo, as well as the content king, Logan Dodds, and friend of the show, Tyler Paul too. Surprised myself, hadn't laced up the old golfing shoes, strapped on the glove in a couple of months, but I was hitting them clean and pure, had a bit of a PB course record, especially off the tee, I was crunching them, so it was a good start to the day for me, a bit of an omen of what was to come with the mighty Waz getting the dub, but great to get out onto the course, on the Warriors carts as well, actually the exact cart that Sean John Johnson signed his deal on to come back to the club. So if you see me next year for Northcote, ripping in a tear and playing my career best code, it'll be no coincidence the Dally M would have graced that wheel and then me and some of his pure greatness has rubbed off. Fingers crossed that's the way it plays out. Post the win, of course, ended up in Shy Guy standard stuff. Saturday, Sunday, just chilled like Craig David, enjoyed all the sporting action, regrouped, re-energised, ready for another big shift this week. And speaking of this week, plenty to talk through. Of course, the NRL, she's all go last round this weekend. Still plenty of finals implications to be played out. The All Blacks. They got humped, so we'll have to dissect that one. Bunnings Far Cup, North Harbour still battling, but we stand by them and we ride like the old soldiers in 300. We'll get into the weekly wrap and then the Q&A and that'll send us on our way. So strap him, should be a doozy. How good? NRL round 27 gets underway tonight and what was meant to be a great game she's turned into a bit of a poo slinger due to all of the rest and rotation but before we cast the eye onto this weekend we'd better reflect on last weekend round 26 got underway Thursday night with a massive upset the Panthers at home they don't lose at blue bet but it turns out they do Parramatta with nothing to lose, nothing to gain either, rocked up and got the dub 32 points to 18. An interesting one for the Eels, of course, their fans will be stoked that they got revenge for that grand final loss. They're probably also frustrated as shit that their team dished up this performance when it no longer mattered. Win or lose, they were on the booze, mad Monday, they got the bye this week and they can't make the eight, so they didn't have a whole lot to play for, but geez, will the old Spate Summits taste a lot sweeter after this one, 
revenge on Jerome Luai, who of course said that he was their daddy, and tough scenes for Luai too, dropping out with that shoulder injury, massive implications for the Panthers too, they've only won 7 of their 13 games without Jerome, so just over 50%, when he laces up, they are up into the high 80s, early 90s for win percentage I believe, so a lot of people, he gets a bad rap, everyone says he needs Clary to get the dubs, it turns out it's more likely the other way round, at Penrith anyway, Rumours he might be able to come back towards the business in the last couple weeks if they keep advancing but it's not great signs for the boys from the foot of the mountain. They've looked a little patchy over the last month or so. They looked vulnerable for an upset. It came last week. Maybe now that sets them back on track. Ivan one of the only coaches to roll out a full strength side this week so we soon shall see but geez big finals footy implications for that one. Friday night of course the Warriors got the win at Mount Smart. A sold out Mount Smart as well. Over 25,000 people packed her out. 18-6 we bet the Red V. Again it was just another week of ticking boxes. Racking up the two points against the side that has nothing to lose. Fuck it footy deluxe great to see our goal line defence just back, we had that level 4 lockdown mentality again, we weren't letting anyone through our line, the Dragons their only try came off a kick you can cop that every day of the week so while it wasn't exactly razzle dazzle footy that we saw prior to the bye, again, stay patient Warriors fans, this team is grinding out wins against tricky football sides to play, so we will take that every day of the week it does appear we've changed our attack shape post the bye though, it looks like we've kind of brought it down a peg, a lot of cutting with our second rowers, SJ just bringing guys back across the grain, when we looked our most dangerous, I'm thinking those humpings of Canberra over there, then we pumped Cronulla and Redcliffe back home, I thought we looked really good, playing some shape, lots of ball runners off SJ, when he's receiving the ball, two out, off the back of a Tohu, or an Adam, then we had our centre, Rocco mainly punching down, we had a second rower, Mitchie Barnett, Josh Curran, slightly deeper, off the the back of his shoulder as well then you had the three options with the needle ball through the two of them back to chance at the moment we're kind of just getting through our sets rolling through then dropping back a Marata or a Jackson Ford Curran on the cut and then getting to our kick so hopefully we get a little bit more expensive of course this week a lot of the boys are sitting out it's a chance to refine regroup and go again would like to see us play a little more though maybe though we're just rolling out a couple different shapes keeping opposition teams on their toes so stay tuned for that there were some good tries scored in saying that Adam Pompey, a bit of individual brilliance from him, footwork of doom, chucked it up on the story the other night too, he's the only warrior to have played in every minute of every game, him and Marcelo, they've been in the 17 every week, but Mars has had to come off for a couple Pompey, he's played in 1,842 minutes, a great knock for him, I feel like he's extremely underrated, in the past he's had a lot of errors in his game, but I feel like he's come on in leaps and bounds this year, footwork so good too one of the best steps in the team so good to see him dot down pretty good night off the tee as well I thought Chance was exceptional his try individual brilliant snap Sloan's ankles the bloke was left looking around him I think he's still looking for his joints out on Mount Smart Stadium then he hit the old Ronaldo celebration too which was a nice touch and then of course we had Adam dotting down he probably could have bagged a double the big fella first time got denied couldn't get the ball down over the line the second time a Sloan shocker and Adam capitalizes so good stuff there I thought Joshy Curran he was outstanding his impact on this game was huge boy was he hitting hard old mudders ripping into everything really is a fan favorite and certainly didn't do himself any disfavors to try and get himself a starting position gotta say feel sorry for Metcalf Geez, that hamstring. Unfortunately, it was the other leg as well. And since then, he's gone on to post that his season is over. An incredibly tough situation for the young kid. Brought over here for an opportunity. He certainly lived up to the hype. What a talent. Ball in hand when he runs the ball. Extremely dangerous and elusive. And he gives us kind of a point of difference. Perfect timing with Tamaire back. And he's more of your standard ball player at six. Your playmaker. Like he was at cup level. Had a strong performance. Couple try assists. But gutted for Luke. Heck of a season from the kid though. And I can't wait to see what he bounces back like next year. Still got plenty of areas to develop in his game. But he is an elite talent. And one that I think is going to win the hearts of Warriors fans 
for many more years to come. Speaking of injuries too, of course, Tohu walked away from this one with a back niggle as well. Said he sustained it when he tried to put on a big shot. He came flying out the line at one stage, so perhaps that was that. The old back locked up, pushed through it. Of course, he is a war horse, held together by multiple rolls of strap and tape, both knees, the wrist, all strapped within an inch of their life. He's like the bloke from The Mummy. This one though, a little bit more serious. Sounds like he might miss next week too, the first week of final footy saying that though I wouldn't doubt this bloke to just go to quarter zone city get a little jab and be out there he is the definition of a warrior and shit are we gonna need him come push and shove I actually don't mind that he misses next week because we do get a second life so it's not do or die but once we get down to things we need our skip out there so fingers crossed he can get back out onto the paddock ASAP. My standouts for this game did a bit of a 3-2-1. I thought Chance was exceptional. Adam again, over 70 minutes in the middle, over 200 running metres. This bloke is a freak. Prop of the air, say it every week. The noise just keeps growing. What a human being. And then Tohu as well. 42 tackles, got through a mountain of work in his 100th game for the Warriors. We love you, Skip, and rest up. But a great two points. On we march, up yours to the Dragons, and great to see as well, famous Warriors coach from a different code, Steve Kerr, jumping in on the up the was. That was an omen that things were going to go bloody well for us that night. And speaking of going bloody well, the halftime show and the pre-game entertainment, Warriors game day staff, Take a bow, there really is no better spectacle at the moment. Halftime show, she's a full blackout. That video comes on that they've posted on Instagram since. Another Dodsy special, almost tears in your eye type of stuff. Then the fireworks, which is such a vibe. What an atmosphere, and it really is the place to be at the moment. Tickets selling like hotcakes, and if you want to be a chance to get along to this home finals game, you're going to have to be getting tickets pronto as soon as they go for sale, because that thing is going to sell out in minutes and fingers crossed she is at Mount Smart as well. A bit of growing ground swell that it might be so stay tuned for more on that and your other games the big results anyway we'll touch on those the storm got up over the titans good to see Papanels and back the roosters they were too good for the tigers keeping their hopes alive broncos shot themselves into first place and a chance at winning the minor premiership this week got up over the raiders 29 points to 18 even without adam reynolds the big talking point from this one joseph tarpane taking the opportunity to absolutely snot Reese Walsh with about 10 seconds left to go in the game. Was it play on? Yeah, look, by the rule book, it absolutely was. Was it unnecessary? I think so. I liken it to kind of an NBA game. 10 seconds to go, you're getting smoked and you throw down a hammer dunk. Good on your horse. Probably not the right time to do it. So for me, it was the ultimate sign of frustration. You got a big prop, an enforcer who's been having circles run around him from a little cheeky, talkative, probably chirpy fullback in Reese Walsh. Saw his opportunity to level him and get one up on him and took it with both hands. Ended up being NRL tackle of the week as well on their Instagram page. So clearly the powers that be thought it was all go as well. Got the green light from them. A great shot it must be said but good on the Broncos certainly delivering on the paddock this year and they look every bit a genuine top footy side Knights they pump the Sharks at home Kalen Ponga masterclass but unfortunately he picked up an injury as well we'll touch on all these injuries soon but 32 points to 6 shit are they playing some good code especially when they line up at home Sharks without Nico Hines that so wasn't their full strength side but slightly worrying signs from them again and on those injuries and I touched on it before there's been a bit of chat maybe that now the NRL season is too long of course this year 27 rounds each team gets the three buys due to the introduction of Redcliffe suggestions around perhaps it needs to be a bye week this week to stop players being rested heading into the last round before finals footy even talk that maybe everyone should just play each other once throughout the season so 17 games couple of buys in the mix as well I'm not quite sure what the right answer is I'll tell you one thing that isn't though Luke Combs drinking with NRL players pre-game because shit was that the sign of a curse of course we had Latrell Mitchell 
cracking open shotguns on stage, neck and piss with him. Then he gets suspended. Then we had Nico Hines doing a similar feat when he was in Sydney. He also dots out due to injury. Paddy Carrigan, he did the same, pulled out with injury as well. Then jumping codes, we've got the All Blacks, who of course invited him into their sheds Post that Aussie win, we then, a couple weeks later, in our next game, get pumped by the Springboks, a big fan of Luke Combs' music, but turns out that was a bad omen. Chuck Jerome Hughes in there as well, who also went along to this concert, went out of the game with an injury. Is the Luke Combs curse a genuine thing? I have to think so, but in all seriousness, a massive injury toll as the result of the weekend just been, so perhaps it is something that NRL has to look for. I know they're trying to pump in the game so that they can really up the TV rights deal and leverage as much money as they can, but after a while, player safety and player health has to come into the conversation. So I doubt this is the last we will hear on a topic like this. So on to this week's Code We March, round 27, a big game tonight which was set up to be a lip licker. But now she's turned into a Thursday night poo slinger, unfortunately, with both teams taking the opportunity to rest players galore. Didn't think Bellamy or Kevy Walters would do it, but they both bitten their tongues, swallowed their pride for the storm. Munster, Welsh, Grant, Hughes, Nelson Asafa-Solomona, Nick Meany, all out. Xavier Coates as well, amongst others. Then for the Broncos, even with the carrot of a minor premiership being dangled in front of them, they've rested Ezra Mam, Herbie Farnworth, Katoni Staggs, Pain in the Haas, and Reese Walsh. And in a nice nod as well, the coach, he's also decided to rest his son, Billy Walters. Tell you what, spot the odd one out. There's some huge rugby league names there. And then the coach's son, but a nice little acknowledgement from dad that maybe you're in some pretty decent form this year. This makes this game a real coin toss. You'd probably back the Broncos at home. I do think they have the deeper squad. So something to look out for. Good to see Papenhausen still lacing up in the one and no doubt Melbourne fans will be keeping a keen eye on him as he looks to probably get through 80 minutes before heading into finals. Another Storm player to keep an eye out for as well is young Sua Faalogo off the bench in Jersey 14. This kid has been ripping it up at cut footy. I know rugby league guru, friend of the show, he is huge on this lad having a massive future so when he gets his boarding pass into the game keep an eye out for him. In similar vein, number 14 for the Broncos Young Blake Moiser, he is a talent as well. Plays hooker, many are wrapping him to be the next big thing. So keep an eye on that. Overall though, I think the rest of the Broncos side is just a class above. Keen to see how young Jock Madden and Josh Rogers go in the halves. Good to see Jesse Arthur's ex-warrior out there alongside Corey Oates as well. So still a bit of razzle-dazzle footy in them. This game, huge for the Warriors though. If the Broncos win, they lock up first of course, lock up the minor prem and it also means the Storm can't jump us and we would be locked into third. If the Storm win, they would jump us then and then we would have to beat Redcliffe in order to take on the Panthers or whoever would finish in second, bearing other results. So tune into this one still tonight. If the Broncos get the dub, then we know we've finished in third before heading into Saturday's game that's kind of how I want it to play out to be fair lock her up and then we go to Redcliffe or Brisbane as it would be with nothing to gain or to lose Friday night code Manly taking on the Tigers probably not one to deep dive into but the game after that certainly is with the Rabbitohs taking on the Roosters both of these teams still in a sniff to play your finals footy for the Bunnies to go through if they win They'll go straight through. As easy as that. If they lose though, they could still play it with a draw. But they also need the Cowboys to get beaten by the Panthers. Which you would probably assume would happen for the Roosters. If they win, they will play finals too. But they would need the Raiders and the Cowboys to also lose. If they lose, they're gone. Mad Monday. Pack things up and they will be without Jared Waria Hargraves. Who got seven of the best on suspension and deservedly so. Good to see Joe. Manu named despite that hamstring niggle of course James Tedesco comes back in to lace up in the one jersey so they're almost at full strength for the bunnies of course no Luttrell he picked up that suspension against Newcastle and he serves it here also no Saliva Harvilly who dips out with an injury apart from that though they've got their Totola they've got Jai Arrow they've got Harme Sally so this is going to be a huge game two sides that hate each other we saw what happened last year when they clashed in the 
this exact same fixture as well. She was biffs galore, almost wasn't a game of rugby league, so tune in. This could be absolute fireworks. And like I said, plenty of playoff implications. Both teams need to win to keep their hopes alive. Going to be all go. Hammer and tong stuff for your 10pm. Friday fizz up. Super Saturday, Warriors kick us off, 5pm kickoff, heading over to Suncorp Stadium to take on the Finns. Fair to say she's a fairly different lineup to what we've seen over the course of this season with coach Andrew Webster kind of doing what he said he wouldn't do throughout the year and resting players, but fair enough too. Certainly the troops that we have rested are due a rest. Good to see them get time off their feet and back to full health, ready for the big game next week. It also means plenty of opportunities for some young lads to come in and show what they've got. No debuts, but plenty of boys in the single digits racking up extra caps. At the one, we have young Tain Tuapiku, who had a heck of a shift last week for the cup side. And shout out to the cup side as well. Also finished the regular season in third. So they're locked in. They have a second life as well if they lose this weekend. So while it sucks for them to lose guys like Tane, Volkman, Freddie Lussick, Tom Ale, who really have been instrumental in their success, they do still have another crack next week. So on we march. And this is for the good of the first grade side. And the two, Cossie's Corner, back in action. Big Ed lacing up. You love to see it. Rocco Berry and Adam Pompey, they remain your centre combination even though Barry went off last week with that knee niggle good to see him out there Marcelo Montoya also lines up on the wing like I said him and Pomps played every game so that is a credit to their durability and the sixth jersey welcome back son one of the best looking players in the comp to Maide Martin, fresh off dishing up a clinic in New South Wales Cup footy. This is huge for us. Obviously, it's gutting, like I said, no Lukey Metcalf, but in T, we get back a quality ball player and probably someone who sets up their outsides a whole lot better. Our attack, she's been so dominant on your Berry and Dallin side. Now we're going to see a bit more footy, I think, going towards your Marcelo Montoyas and your Adam Pompeys. Metcalf, he's a run first type of operator. T, he's probably more of your genuine ball player so I'm keen to see how this looks Ronald Volkman, the incredible Volk he gets the nod in the 7 jersey certainly won't let anyone down and he'll be putting his hand up for bigger minutes with an eye on the future in the forward pack, Bunty Afoa and Mitch Barnett, back from that knee, that leg laceration so good to see him out there Freddie Lussick in the 9, he will work hard for the full 80 and tackle his dick off, Joshy Curran and Marata Niakore get the starts in the second row. Good to see Curran rewarded for that impeccable shift last week. And then in the 13, and our new skipper, Dylan Walker. Love this. What an addition he's been, Walks. Probably the interchange player of the year, in my humble opinion. The best 14 in the comp. Extremely versatile. We've seen him play the six role. We've seen him play the lock role. Now he gets the chance to start and be the skipper. He's a great leader too, a good talker, and a real follow-me type of operator. So keen to see how he goes in the 14. Another big return from injury, Braden Villiame, who of course looked sharp in the preseason, trialled extremely well, unfortunately went down with the calf strain, the old baby cow went on him, again another lad who returned last week via New South Wales Cup, good to see him get another trot, Jacko Ford in the 15, Bailey Surinan in the 16, Mr Versatile, and then in the 17, a PCM purist, Tommy Ale, he will back fence it into anyone, zero handbrakes there, so still an incredibly strong 17 and one that I'm excited to watch too your bigger missions and there's plenty of them at the back of course no chance no Dallin on the wing no SJ in the halves Tohu Wade Adam they get the rest up front so there's plenty of experience and some of that star power not lacing up but this is going to be a good watch for a different reason we get a glimpse into those kind of wider squad members in order to win the comp 1 to 30, you have to be stacked, you have to have depth, competition for spots, and that's what this is, a chance to really showcase and flex what this club is all about. For Redcliffe, they welcome back their big guns, so they have really rolled out their squad before they head into Mad Monday. The biggest threats, of course, you got Hammer at the back, Izako, the competition's leading point scorer on the sting. Him and Tessie New will be lethal on that edge. A couple ex-warriors in Ewan Aitken, Cody Nikarima, Sean 
O'Sullivan as well. So they'll probably have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Last time we played them, not long ago, and we humped them at Mount Smart too. So they'll be looking to right some wrongs. Our extended bench, exciting. If some of these lads get a crack too, I think we'll line up 1-17. to 17, But keep an eye on Kalani going if he gets a crack. And also Zion, this big prop. If he gets a chance to lace up, I think he's still only 18 or 19 years old. Got a massive future. Definitely one to watch. So I'd be excited to see him get a chance to make an impact and make his debut off the Remu as well, of course. Up the Mighty Wars, I'll be backing the boys to still get the dub. Hopefully she's a bit of a dead rubber after tonight's results. But in saying that, I'm still confident that we can go in there, get the chocolates and leave Suncorp with a grin on our face. So go get them, boys. Can't wait to watch this one on the plane. Wrap her up and then on to finals footy we march. Boy, does it feel good to say that. Would also be our eighth win on the trot. What a club. What a year. Incredibly proud, of course. Now we're getting into the business end this is the most important part but just to be talking finals and saying that we are a top four side what a success it's been bloody good stuff your next game Panthers taking on the Cowboys and the Cowboys shit do they have a lot at stake for this one the Panthers they'll be disappointed and looking to bounce back but the Cows they need to win this game they also need the Raiders to lose or Souths to lose so that they can get in there so they will be going for it literally nothing left in the old gas tank for the Panthers quality sides don't lose back to back and they will be stinging from this one they've named out their top Rolls Royce side as well welcome back Dylan Edwards the ghost who got the rest last week also got back Soren Turuva and Isaac Tango is on an extended bench. He has been a massive admission for them of late. I think many people have forgotten about him. A quality footballer though out there in the centres. An absolute rugby league handful. So he would be a massive boost. This is going to be a good game. Can't wait for that one as well. 7.30. Main event type of stuff. So tune in. Last game on your Super Saturday. Knights taking on the Dragons at Netstrata Jubilee. No Kalen Ponga for the Knights. So maybe the Dragons fancy themselves to finish the season off with a high. Titans taking on the Dogs. That is true. 4 o'clock Sunday Arvo footy. Fuck it footy at its finest. Probably don't tune in for that one unless you're a real purist. And then to round her out, the Sharks taking on the Raiders. And there's playoff implications for this game as well. Both teams will know the lay of the land. What needs to be done heading into this one? That's the benefit of being the last game of the round. For the Sharkies, if they win, they're guaranteed a home finals game. If they lose, though, they could still miss. But they would have to get absolutely pumped. And the Cowboys and Bunnies would both need to win emphatically as well. For the Raiders, though that's a slightly bigger chance they could miss out especially due to their shocking points for and against it truly is atrocious if they win they'll be guaranteed a home final if they lose they will miss out if the Cowboys win and the Rabbitohs Roosters game doesn't end in a draw which of course is extremely unlikely they will know the map Heading into this game, they'll know what needs to be done. Set up for fireworks though, and if Ricky Stewart loses this game as well, could be all go. How good was that last week? Him telling the old cameraman to get fucked. He's not shy of a blow up old sticky Ricky. So heading into the last week of the comp, such an entertaining competition this year. You got the battle at the top for the minor premiership, but you also got the battle at the bottom of the top eight with three or four teams all in with a sniff. That's what we want to see as fans. In the past, it's kind of been Penrith and then everyone else chasing them. At the moment, though, once you get into that top 10, it kind of seems like anyone could still beat anyone on their day. Strap in. Should be a great round 27. Can't wait to chew the fat with you next week. Dissect and look ahead to the first round of the finals. How good is rugby league? It truly is God's game. Onto the 15-man code, and of course we got to kick her off with the All Blacks. Saturday morning, 6.30 viewing. Got to say too, really enjoyed that time slot. Often these early morning games, they're on a Sunday, you're a bit dusty. Often you've just got home from town a couple hours prior, but this one, Saturday morning, rolled in fresh, couple pancakes, really enjoyed myself, had a bit of a big brekkie, and tuned in for what I thought was going to be an entertaining game. It's fair to say after about 20 minutes in, I thought I was in a nightmare still 
fell asleep. The South Africans, just way too good. And they certainly deserve to win too. They dominated in every aspect. It just cracks me up though. All Blacks fans in general, the general public, were so quick to panic. This time last week, we were saying how good we are, that we're going to win the World Cup and that we're heading in favourites undefeated this year. Fozzie and the coaching staff have got the lads firing. If you tuned into the news on Saturday night, though, you'd think we were one of the worst teams in the comp. Panic stations, all blacks are fucked, yada, yada, yada. To that, I just say, calm down, everyone. We have our bad days at the office, and I think the all blacks are holding a lot of tricks up their sleeve and we won't see a performance like that from them again but let's deep dive into it anyway of course still some great talking points to come from it one of the big ones the refereeing and the use of the TMO it took 62 minutes to play the first 40 minutes of code stoppages galore and if that is a sign of things to come for this World Cup then it's hardly going to be entertainment deluxe and I really hope that that is not the case especially as an All Blacks fan, we look our most dangerous in games. We're allowed to play free-flowing code. That's what we want to do. Richie Moanga, Bodie at the back. We want to play eyes up footy. Play what's in front of you, like your dad used to say back when you were in the old whippersnappers, the under fives. We want to express ourselves, but when you've got a bloke in the middle that just seems persistent on blowing his whistle every three seconds, and then you've got a TMO adding to that as well, wanting to review every play within an inch of it. It's life. It's going to be so stop starty and it's not a great marketing tool as well if we're trying to sell our game to some of these smaller nations tuning in for the World Cup. So I hope that's not a sign of things to come. I'd almost rather the referee gets it wrong but backs his own decisions and we have less interruptions. And saying that though, our cards were genuine. They were justified. And when you take on a team like South Africa down to 13 men for large periods, you're always going to struggle to come away with the chocolates. It was good to see Scotty Barrett not get suspended. I don't think that was worthy of sitting a couple weeks out. It was worthy of a red though, but there wasn't a lot of malicious intent in there as well as force call me biased and I'm sure fans from other rugby nations especially the French they were probably calling for him to miss a couple weeks I'm glad it didn't come to that though the Springboks geez they were up for it and I thought when we played them at Mount Smart we really got that one dog at Whanganui start and the game was kind of over after the 25 to 30 minute mark once the Springboks rolled on their bench and in what my opinion was their strongest side they started to get dominance back before we came over the top of them late in a rugby sense get your mind out of the gutter and put them away for this game I thought they rolled out their strongest pack and you could tell their intentions straight away they're big they're physical and they look to dominate us, especially in that loose forward trio. And they rolled their sleeves up, they trucked nut, and they were hitting hard both at ruck time and on defence. We had no answers for them. We were unable to get front football again. We saw this rush defence, which has been so successful against the All Blacks. And when you're getting back foot pill, you can't raise it up. So that takes away that element from our game. The South Africans, they just strangled us in every aspect. Five tries to one, they outscored us, so you can't say they didn't deserve it. They scored some bloody good tries too. Our one try was a doozy. Cammy Royguard, a piece of individual brilliance, and man, am I excited to see this guy's career blossom in the black jersey once Aaron Smith moves on. I thought our set piece was shocking. Of course, losing Lomax early wasn't a good sign. Speaking to Jimmy Ma on the Waterlad pod, and I should actually say, we are doing a Rugby World Cup podcast every week throughout the duration of the tournament. I think the first episode drops tomorrow on your Friday, so tune into that. It'll be on the Water Lad, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever you get your pods, so tune in there. But I thought they dominated us at set piece. Jimmy made a fair point, though. He said they were using calls just for that week at line-out time. We're not going to roll that out in week one. He said the French would have been watching, so we would have mixed up our line-out approach. So never fear. I don't think that'll be an issue moving forward. We only operated at 67%, though. That's club footy stuff, and that's actually shit club footy stuff. So certainly off the mark there. When you look at the other stats, though, interestingly, we won possession 53% to 47. Territory, Bees dick, 49 to 51, so that was tight. 
tackles missed. This one really surprised me because I thought the All Blacks were off defensively, but we only missed 19 compared to the Springboks 39. So you got to say we probably just didn't take our opportunities as well as the box did. Whenever we gave them an inch, they took a mile and they thoroughly deserved their biggest win over the All Blacks in our history. I thought Mark Talia was great as well. I mentioned Roy Gard before. They're probably the two standouts for me. Talia, incredibly dangerous again. Looked like he'd been bathing in baby oil for another week. Limited opportunities, but if you kick him the ball against a broken defensive line, he will just make teams pay. But overall, it was just a bad day for the All Blacks. We need to park it and we need to move on. We're so much of a better football side than that. And I think we'll show that in the weeks to come. Starting with next week in Paris, I'll be at the game. Surely that is enough of a lift to get the boys across the line. Can't wait to sink my teeth into that one. And I'm still confident the All Blacks will get up for it, get the dub, and we are well and truly in the hot seat, ready to dominate the old Rugby World Cup. So stay with us, All Blacks fans. All is not dead and buried. We're still a bloody quality football side. And I think the other results of the weekend just showed anything is possible in this World Cup. And I'm incredibly excited for it because you're heading in and there's a handful of teams that could come away and win the thing and you genuinely wouldn't be shocked. So you got to love that there are so many sides well and truly in the contest. One of them... Fiji, who pulled off their historic win, beating England for the first time, 30 points to 22. As a result, actually jumped over the top of them in the world rankings too, I believe. I think they're ahead of Aussie and Wales as well. Could be wrong. Fact check that one. Do your own research. But a huge result from the flying Fijians, who bloody deserved it too. Months at 10, running the cutter, pulling the strings, probably giving the Fijian side what they've needed and lacked in the past. A bit of direction. They've got so much razzle and flair skill set of doom and 1-23 to 23, they can really put out a quality side but in months they have a 10 who just plays that conductor role pulls all the right strings and makes everyone sing stacked with potential and I can't wait to see how they go in the World Cup for me in the Pacific Nations tournament with Japan, Tonga and Samoa it was Fiji and Samoa that really stood out so good to see them delivering on the world stage also probably helps Fiji and Drua they got the win over the Crusaders so they know that they can beat these top teams. Also, the World Cup over in Europe. You've got guys like Semiradra, etc. The stars of this Fijian team all play their club code over there. So, in a way, it's almost like another home World Cup for them. For England, Geez, old Borthwick, it must be panic stations in his head at the moment. The English public, they're coming for them hard. They don't take losses to the top teams lightly, let alone to a side that they consider to be a tier two team like your Fiji's. Friend of the show, Nick Evans, he'll be stoked. He ditched that sinking ship and moved on, turned down the assistant coach role because I would say it is panic stations galore. Of course, no Owen Farrell, he'll be without the side for the first couple of weeks in the pool stages, but they're still had the talent all over the park to be way too good and it was hardly a second string side either they had their maze they had their marcus smiths out there to Alangi, so they still rolled out plenty of attacking threats a toje in the ford pack should have been too good couldn't get the chocolates at twickenham interesting to see as well sold out for the all black spring box game about eighty thousand there then they reckon about fifty thousand for the england fiji game so either the public underestimated the strength of fiji which just goes to show how many Kiwis and South Africans are living over there and the pulling power of a high profile game like that but well done to Fiji should have been saying it for weeks I think they roll in and beat Wales in that first game a little bit more nervous about it now though because I thought they'd go in underdogs fly under the radar and pull off the upset but now it's almost expected Let's see if they can live up to the hype. Fingers crossed they can. Scotland pumped Georgia, as you'd expect. Italy dispatched of Japan. And I had a few mates send me this screenshot a bit surprised. Got to say, Japan, they aren't the side that they were at the last World Cup. So bet on them in particular with caution. Italy, they're no slouches too. They won't beat the All Blacks or France, but they'll put up a lot bigger of a fight than they have in previous years. Samoa, this was the other big one for me. 
really pushed Ireland and it was a second string Ireland side but it's great to see Samoa up there pushing the big dogs again at 10. They've got a steady hand and experienced and quality footballer in Lima Sopawanga who of course has worn the black jersey. Good to see him back for his homeland applying his trade and really boosting them up. They're going to be another bogey side in this World Cup and I think England's last pool game is actually against Samoa. If England are to lose to Argentina first up like I think they will that game could be of significant importance and if you were an English fan or player watching that one you will not be looking forward to this game because shit did Samoa hit hard they were folding the Irish left right and centre it was like Brian Lima was their defensive coach if you run straight into the Samoan lads you will know about it their raw power and athleticism is almost second to none so a great result there shout out to friend of the show Lateru Tolai as well well and truly entrenched in this Samoa team and then on Monday morning we had Aussie getting 13 plus by France Sir Shag got his job done I was questioning his loyalty on the pod last week turns out he was just playing the ultimate trick to your game rolls into the Aussie camp causes chaos they get 13 plus as a result probably leaking all the information to France and to the All Blacks as he's doing so. The French, they're a quality football side and for me this result was more about that than how disappointing Aussie were in patches. They look pretty dangerous but the French just way too good. DuPont, what a freak he is in the 9 jersey and although Intermac was a massive loss in the fullback Ramos, they have another dead dick goal kicker and a pretty decent 10 as well to run the cutter and old Jalbert. His name's spelled jailbert but I don't think that's how it would be pronounced over there you gotta buy into these accents for Aussie another tough shift for Eddie Jones still hasn't racked up a win this year no doubt he'll go out into the media next week cause an absolute shitstorm and continue to distract the attention away from the players and his ploy to try and get the best out of them Eddie mate your joke's gonna wear thin and you gotta start getting some results somewhere in the world old not many Dave Rennie is sitting back with a grin on his face knowing damn well that he got this team playing better code than what's going on at the moment in absolute shambles so it's all going down next week in the world of international footy I'll save the old World Cup first round matchups for next week's pod but strap in it's going to be one of the closest contested World Cups in a long time actually like I just said Waterlad Potty tune in tomorrow to hear the predictions we spoke about who's going to get out of pool plays etc so sink your teeth into that Bunnings Far Cup footy of course another round in the books there as well couple upsets and then a few results that went as planned Manawatu they got their first win since the 2021 season things you love to see and this is why the Bunnings Far Cup is almost invaluable for New Zealand code the Turbucks 31 Northland 30 try right on the hooter the 81th minute as well actually and it was to that man I mentioned last week Braden Yossi the skipper shit is he a rugby union handful that is a name to remember pound for pound he is a big human being being incredibly powerful skill set of doom as well just good to see the turbos get the win if you're a rugby fan and that didn't bring a smile to your face then you need to go and get yourself checked great result there Auckland they got the dub over Hawks Bay 41 points to 22 at a packed Eden Park I'm sure you can sense the sarcasm great to see RTS though snapping ankles out on that field where he should have been playing a lot more minutes looking dangerous at the back so Leon McDonald's probably kicking himself there too but a great individual solo effort and on RTS he was actually at the game Friday night in the sheds before and after just acclimatizing getting used to the boys again actually got the chance to old Sam gave him the old what's up head nod he gave one back so I took that as now we are best friends and I can't wait to build on that relationship again next year fair to say the calves they look as good in real life as they do on the TV screens Bay of Plenty they got the win over Taranaki I was big on the nucky to get the dub here but the bay bounced back from a disappointing loss the week before to rack up a win the battle of the south the old spate summits bowl otago bet southland by 10 31 points to 21 super sunday unfortunately she wasn't super for me the mighty harbor heat going down to the tasman marco 20 points to 15 in golden point fair to say just nothing's going our way at the moment we're trying our hearts out hammer and tongs for the full 80 or in this case 82 minutes but just not getting any rub of the green the old bounce of the gilbert 
can be so tough. But Tasman come away with the dub. Big Jim, Tava Tava Nawai, scoring it in golden point to break the hearts of all of us Heat fans. Wellington, a young Wellington side too. No duplicity, Karifi and co. went down to Canterbury, pulled off the boil over 36 points to 31 to round out their successful storm week. They defended the shield on Wednesday in a 7-0 ball fest. Then they managed to beat Canterbury. What a couple days for them. Waikato, they bounced back to get the win over Counties. 37 points to 15 as well. So well done to them, which leaves Wellington atop of the table and they are now the only unbeaten side after five games. Sitting pretty and looking every bit of chance to go back to back and possibly retain the shield for the whole year. Taranaki in second, Hawks Bay in third, Canterbury in fourth. The other teams in the playoff mix at the moment. Of course, she is quarterfinals, so top eight qualifying. Fifth, you got Auckland, sixth, Tasman, seventh, Waikato, and eighth, Bay of Plenty. Northland hot on their heels. Unfortunately, can't say the same about Harbour. Languishing in 13th. You could say second to last, but I'm an optimist, so I'll say 13th. Just the three competition points, whereas Wellington at the top of the ladder on 22. Tough times, but we will rebuild. So on to this week we march, and I can sniff a famous Harbour victory to kick off our storm week. Touch on that soon. Northland take on Hawke's Bay tomorrow night. Bay of Plenty, Otago, Canterbury, Taranaki, and Harbour host Waikato at QBE Stadium. We're back at our spiritual home. 13 plus incoming. Super Saturday, you got a Ramfilly Shield Saturday night as well. Wellington taking on Counties. Then a double header Sunday to round us out. Southland versus Auckland. Tasman versus Manawatu. And then next Wednesday, Harbour versus Otago again at home. That's the one Harbour fans are probably circling in our calendars to get our first dub. Can't wait for that game. How good is the old Bunnings Far Cup? Weekly wrap time now, and actually before we move on from rugby, I'll chuck her in the weekly wrap, why not? High school code, it's all going down. Actually tomorrow, the top four schools in the country all assemble in Palmerston North to battle it out to see who is the cream of the crop, and shout out to Westlake, own the big lift. Of course, won the North Harbour competition, then we took on Sacred Heart, the champs of Auckland. Historically, that's been a tough win for the little schools from the North Shore, but we got the chocolates at home, in a nail-biter, 32 points to 31. Down 14-8 at half-time. Put on a huge shift. 20 minutes post-Oranges. And it looked like we were home and hosed. I think we had about a 12-point lead at one stage. But Sacred Heart, they came home with a hiss and a roar. And had the chance to finish it right at the death. Steal the victory. Unfortunately, a loose carry for them right near the Westlake line. And that was all she wrote on We March. The other winners, Southland Boys. Upset over Christchurch. That's good stuff. And speaking of good stuff, Tauranga boys beating Hamilton boys, of course, the defending champs. I think they're actually the number one ranked side in the world after winning that competition at the beginning of the year as well. 33 points to 26. Well done to Tauranga. And then in the Hurricanes final, interesting stuff. Palmerston North won by default against Scots College. I think there was a bit of controversy in the old Scots College versus Fielding game where Scots actually played some NL players or pulled a couple off so it went to golden oldies something along those lines because fielding were killing them at set piece time so that launched a bit of a protest as a result neither side was able to go through so palmy they got a free ticket into the top four and i guess it's only right they are hosting the joint so it's good to have the local side involved the semi-finals go down tomorrow westlake taking on Todong at 10 past one and palmerston north taking on southland i'm not 100 percent sure but i think these games are on Sky and you'll be able to watch them. If not, there should be a live stream going round. I think Westlake bet Tauranga about six or so weeks ago too and did so pretty comfortably. So hopefully they can recreate that success and march on through. The final is then on Sunday, so a short turnaround. Luckily these lads are young and fit as fuck and they can handle it. Tough on the rig, but it is what it is. And like I said, when you're that age, it doesn't take much quick little ice bath and you're ready to get up and go again. In terms of your weekly wrap, 
FIBA World Cup well and truly into its work and it's good to see the Tall Blacks, one from two so far, managed to pull off a big win up against Jordan, probably made it harder than they should have, the game went to OT when it looked like we had things wrapped up, Shea Ali and Liafa the two standouts so far, Liafa he's been deadly from deep knocking down threes left, right and centre of course he is with the breakers so good to see him coming into some form big signs for him heading into this year but New Zealand on we march of course we lost to the USA first up but we certainly didn't make fools of ourselves. in fact I think through the first quarter we're actually leading that game for long periods, the USA stacked to shit though so in the end their quality shone through and they bet us by 27 points but that is not disgraceful, we covered the betting line which I said would be a win and itself in terms of the other teams mentioned to load up on Canada to beat France and that is exactly what happened they did so easily France actually bowing out of the competition way earlier than expected I think they lost earlier in the week to Latvia in what was a major upset causing them to leave the competition early speaking of upsets Germany got one up over Australia but they bounced back last week to put away Japan reasonably comfortably they're stacked with NBA talent and they look a genuine chance to really trouble your Americas and your Canadas in the push for the top three. The Tall Blacks, we've got another game tonight as I'm recording. This is Wednesday Arvo. I think we play at quarter to one tomorrow morning. So by the time you're listening to this, that game would have actually been done and dusted. If we can win this one, we will march through to the next stage of the competition. Taking on Greece, who of course is the birthland of Giannis Atatokounmpo. He's not in this competition, his brother is, but he's far from the same talent unfortunately for him Greece they got towed up by the Americans I think they're on about the same level as us so hopefully we can pull off a dub here march on through that would be huge fizz and get up the mighty tall blacks another big news good to see Liam Lawson doing the damn thing out there in the Formula One of course got his debut start last weekend finished P13 bloody impressive two in a race that was pure carnage bet his teammate finished further up the ranks than him and apparently the bosses at Alpha Tori were really impressed with the work that he put in so he gets another drive again this week I think it's in Italy Daniel Ricciardo who of course he is falling in for the old Aussie unfortunately he's broken his hand so hopefully Lawson gets a couple more bites at the apple certainly didn't look out of place and if he can hold his head high in these next few races then he's every bit a shot of getting a drive permanently in 2024 which will be massive so get up Liam and I'll certainly be watching that one closely in the world of boxing good to see Mia Motu and Jerome Pampalone both rack up impressive wins and Lani Daniels defend her bout as well Jerome he did it easy in the first round of clear mismatch there and hopefully that sets the path for him to get some bigger fights because Jesus he a massive talent a great bloke too one of the nicest human beings you will meet once he steps in that ring though you do not fuck around with him and speaking of do not fuck around with Miyamoto what a beast dislocated her shoulder in the first round right shoulder too which of course is her main dominant arm but she fought through went the distance and still got the dub on points you could see if you're watching the fight they're actually trying to click the shoulder in during the old breaks the intermissions that is tough shit so the fact she was able to shake it off bite down on the mouth guard and still come away with it what an absolute warrior and hopefully this one also leads to bigger abyss for her she has every bit world champion material written all over it and again a great New Zealander as well so good to see Peach Boxing achieving so big in the New Zealand fight game and Mia and Jerome with two genuine world title threats alongside young Andre as well New Zealand Boxing is in bloody good hand shout out to Lisa Carrington and her crew they dominated over in the old kayaking world champs as well what a freak of an athlete Lisa is and then of course in terms of the UFC 293 goes down next week over in Sydney like I said no Kai but the rest of the Kiwi lads remain in contention to line up for that going to be a heck of a card of biffs if you're heading over to Sydney I am bloody jealous make sure you enjoy I'll do a bit more of a deep dive on that card plus week one of the NFL in next week's pod in your weekly wrap to get you all geared up for what should be another huge weekend of sport. 
Right, that's all I've got for you for this week's episode, Surly Talk Sport. As always, hope you enjoyed it. If not, a big up yours truly from me. Appreciate you for tuning in anyway, and I'll catch you back here same time, same place tomorrow to chew the fat and talk all things punting, courtesy of the TAB. Enjoy your Thursday night footy tonight. Like I said, plenty of playoff ramifications for this one, particularly for our side, the mighty Waz. So bums on seat stuff, tune in, couple cold ones, and enjoy some top shelf rugby league go well stay safe catch you tomorrow how good